0: Hey hoes, welcome back to Tyler's Take, where I give my take on some of the most and some of the least controversial topics. So today, guys, yesterday was our first episode. I was super excited about that. It looks like it posted to Apple Podcasts, which is step one. We'll probably do Spotify, Google Play, and so on. However, step one is done. So super excited about that. Today, and that was Real Housewives of New Jersey. If you did not take a listen to it, I highly recommend to go back and listen. But guys, today I think we can go a little bit deeper, a little bit more. I guess, hmm, I don't know how to say it. I don't want to downplay. <laughs> I don't want to downplay reality TV. But let's go to a little bit heavier of a topic. We're going to talk about religion and faith today, guys. So, <laughs> that is a heavy, it's a pretty heavy topic. Obviously, there are so many different faiths and spiritualities around the world at this point. Um, so you kind of have to, you you have to be open and understanding of other people's faiths. And you cannot tear people down in the process to make your faith seem the most important. Now, mind you, I am a gay man, right? I think we can all tell that by now. I am a gay man. However, I am also a Christian. Now, I say Christian, even though really I mean follower of Christ, but I say Christian because Christianity, majority of it, is actually what I believe. So I am a Christian practicing so I get asked a lot about that, about how can you be gay, right, and still have faith in a faith that argue I mean not really arguably, I mean it's, it's there, but in a faith that seems to not really love <laughs> love the idea of homosexuality within the faith. And I completely understand, I completely get that, right? Deuteronomy, you have Corinthians, I mean, you have many excerpts that pretty much blatantly say homosexuality is a sin and some go deeper than saying it's a sin. So I do understand that. You you can't play oblivious. It's there, right? It's there. I know though, with my own testimony, and that's gonna be an episode end of its own, I'm gonna throw out pieces of my testimony probably in podcast episodes, but I really want to focus here on just this topic and not make it about my own testimony. But what I will say is what has solidified my faith and being a homosexual male is the fact that I have been given experiences and been saved from a lot of compromising situations, to say the least, from God and Jesus. And I firmly believe that. Um, I've been shown things that like, are not coincidental. They can't be. Statistically, they cannot be coincidence. Um, I've had encounters in conversation with Beings from the other side and Jesus himself, I know it sounds crazy. I know people are going to think that, but whatever, I don't care if they think it sounds crazy. I know it to be true. So I'm at, it's at the point now in my faith, right, that if I didn't say I believed in my faith, I would have to be delirious. I would. I would have to just be delirious. And I'm not known to be delirious. I mean, when I was drinking, I was, but not when I'm sober. Um, so that's really the gist of how I can be a Christian and be a homosexual male. My testimony is, is what's validated for me. Clearly, God and Jesus have not given up on me or thrown me to the pits of hell. At least, yeah, hopefully we don't, but thrown me to the pits of hell or, or, or given me no assistance, right? And I think the problem is, biblically, it makes it seem like if you are a gay male, you are done. God hates you. Jesus hates you. You're near thrown to the wolves. You're disgusting. You're an abomination. I I think we really have to look a bit different at that Um, I'm not saying change our mind about it because, again, it is written in the Bible. And I can't tell someone that they have to accept me in my faith, in in our faith, if it's a fellow Christian, when it is written. You know, I can't act. I can't act like it's not there. So I think we have to start changing the conversation behind it. Um, And I would think, right, I would imagine that we would rather someone— still pray, still go to church, have a close relationship with God, and maybe be gay, right? Maybe be gay because I would imagine that all the work they've put in, right, into their faith, when the time comes where God makes a decision if he's going to forgive us and allow us access to heaven, I would say that that gives us a pretty good, that gives us a much better chance than if we were just blatantly gay and didn't give any cares about our our faith. So this is coming from Christian from a Christian. That's my personal view on it. I think that I would rather someone be 70% in their faith than 0% in their faith. So we really need to watch how we approach people and their 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 things. And and I'm not going to go into the whole like being gay isn't a choice because it's not. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, if you think it is, it is not. The act of intercourse is a choice, but the feelings towards the same sex is not a choice. So if, if you feel that you could never, right, if you feel that you're that disciplined that you could re- refrain from having sex with a female if you're a male, Good for you. Cause you should. If you want to make a point, if you want to tell me that I can't be in love or I can't, and if you want to call it lust or whatever, but it feels like love, if I can't have those things, neither should you. Right? Practice what you preach. If you're gonna tell me I can't have something, then you need to not be able to have it either, because I don't feel the way that a straight male feels about a female at all. Nowhere close. Right. So I just want to break that down a little bit. Um, but that's my that's my view, right, on being a homosexual and a Christian. However, let's get into some other faiths too, though, while we're here. So I think it's very important, no matter what faith you connect to, to do your research. I firmly believe that you should be very knowledgeable in all faiths across the board, whether that be Buddhism, Hinduism, um, indigenous culture, because you can't really, it wasn't shamanism, but indigenous cultures and indigenous religions, each tribe kind of had their own variation, Um, whether it's Christian, whether it's, you know, I mean, pagan, whatever it may be, you don't dive into it. Now, when I say do research, right, we need to be really careful about this. When I say you should do research, it does not mean that you practice aspects of that religion, because it you really don't know what you're getting yourself into. You need to you need you need to know about the religion deeply before you touch anything to do with it. And that I made that mistake again, I'll go through my testimony in another podcast, but I made that mistake messing around with things that I did not understand and it bit me bad and I spent years going through spiritual turmoil and warfare not knowing that it was spiritual I thought that I was just going through like a sleep disorder I thought that I was just you know hallucinating for a long time and it wasn't that's not the truth guys there that is not the truth um so again take the time take the time read different books I mean for example like Right next to me. I got Long Island Medium, her book. I have a Hawaiian, like shaman, shamanistic book. I wouldn't say purely shaman, but I think they do call themselves in the book um shaman a shaman. But um a chakra book. I have of course my other Christian books, a spirit healing book based off of indigenous culture. So you really just wanna do your research, guys. It's it's so important to know about the other side and whether you're atheist and you don't believe in it I again strongly recommend to look into it um if there's no spirit realm then (laughs) millions and millions of people are pretty much insane (laughs) you know so yeah again guys just personal view personal opinion um the spirit realm does exist and I would never say something like that, I would never be so matter of fact of a whole nother realm, right? a whole nother life if I haven't witnessed and gone through some of the craziest things, including the spirit realm. So definitely do your research, definitely look into it. Um, And I think moral to the story is you have to be cognizant of what you put out there with your faith and what you say or think about other faiths. Um, again, I'm Christian. I believe in God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Even though I don't agree, right, with Buddhism or Hinduism, per se, I think some aspect. I think a lot of aspects overlap with most religions. So I think that's where the truth lies. When you have multiple religions that may not agree on most things, but find points of agreeance. That's probably the truth. But even though I don't really agree with most of Hindu and Buddhism, I would never tell someone, I would never tell someone in those faiths like something derogatory about one of their gods or derogatory about their faith in general, right? Like you have to have respect. And I know God would not want me and especially Jesus would not want me to go like in on someone in their faith even though clearly, right? I think the Bible can show that that Jesus wants us to follow in his path and wants us to, you know, give our lives to to God and Christ, but there's a way of going about it and there's a way of conversing and talking about it without these scare tactics that are being used especially with the gay community, right? I mean, it could very well be true. It could very well be true that when I die, right, and if I was right about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and Judgment Day comes, I could be very right that God says, listen, you you knew you shouldn't have been gay. You knew that I didn't want that out of you because it was—it it is in the Bible. Um, people told you, you didn't listen, and you still chose that. Path, so you're going to have to go to hell, right? It, that could very well happen. That could very well happen. And you have to look at it in a way where if someone's gay, using the fear tactic that you're going to burn in hell if you don't stop doing what you're doing isn't usually the best method. And again, that you very well could be right. Do I believe that? No, but could be. I don't know for a hundred percent fact. God didn't tell me. Out of all the things that I've been alerted to or learned or known, my homosexuality has not come up. That was not one of the talking points me, Jesus, and God have ever discussed. Occult practices? Yes. Um, Certain information or things I was practicing or going to practice, um, yes, that was told for me to remove. So there was there are certain aspects that Jesus made sure and God made sure to get across for me to stop doing. And I would imagine that if homosexuality was on that high of a pinnacle in terms of importance to God and Jesus— I would have been alerted to that well before the things. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been alerted to books that I needed to get rid of because they spoke of Jesus not existing. And that is 100% honest and true. Um, literally told in dreams to get rid of and trash certain books that I was reading that said that his existence doesn't, that he doesn't exist. Um, I would imagine that the book, right? Because I I, I didn't believe it right? It's in the book, but I didn't believe it. But he still clearly thought that that was such horrible propaganda that that was so important to remove. Whereas my homosexuality, that is literally something that is a daily thing in a minute thing in a second thing has not been as big of an importance. So again, I'm not saying that God doesn't, I'm not saying God loves it. And I'm definitely not saying um, he's okay with it. But what I am saying is, It may not be as big as other sins that we continue to let through, right? And not think twice about, but yet we're going to keep bullying and harassing and threatening the gay community because they're gay, right? I think that's horrible. And I really don't think that Jesus would would really love that fact, So just, let's be aware. Let's just start trying to be a little more cognizant of the decisions we're making to people when you're trying to get your faith across. Um, And with that, I was in New Orleans years ago. And I remember, and it's very interesting, when when you really work on your spirituality, you really begin to sense things that I never would have picked up on before I really invested the time, and I remember I was in New Orleans, and I had gone to New Orleans because I was really searching for spiritual enlightenment. I, I I had just opened up my business, my personal training and nutrition coaching business. I had just I had been in rehab, well, treatment facility, six months prior to this trip, so I was freshly in recovery, not drinking. Um, and I was like, "You know what? like I have to I've always wanted to go to New Orleans. It's on my bucket list. I feel like spiritually I'm ready. And I was like, and if I can with 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 refrain from refrain from drinking and partying too much and whatever while I'm there, then I can do anything in my sobriety. And that was a huge learning curve for me. And I remember I went there. And already sinned, not with drinking, but we can. <laughs> I can go into details at another time. But I had already sinned literally within the first like 45 minutes of me landing from the airport. Landing. And I called my best friend and I was like, girl, like this happened. I checked into the Airbnb and literally there was a sign on the wall talking about sinning in like a positive light. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I know what this city's about. So... Anyways, I go on some tours and they kept, of course, the tour guides trying to get me to drink because it's New Orleans. You we went to like the oldest bar and all these things. And that's clearly the culture of New Orleans. But I disciplined myself to say, no, you're not drinking. You're going to do this vacation and you're going to get through it. And if you get through this without drinking, literally nothing else should be even close to this difficult. So I didn't. Went through all my tours, didn't drink. And I remember one of the nights I was just walking, I was biking actually around the French Quarter and I just picked up on such energy. And it was such a, I mean, because there's a lot of history in New Orleans and a lot of dark, dark history to New Orleans. And my soul has never, at that point, had never been that, like, on edge with what was going on around me. It wasn't fear. It wasn't fear. It was, like, a curiosity, but, like, a dangerous curiosity. You know, like, I wanted to I wanted to be out in the streets till 2 in the morning. I wanted to, you know, be, like, getting an adrenaline rush. And now, mind you, like, yeah, I, I love trying new things. I love vacationing and going, you know, new places, but adrenaline rushes are fleeting. And I only care to do it with gaps in between. I'm not that adrenaline junkie. Every day I need to go jump off of a of a bridge, right? Or skydive or bun- like whatever. I don't need to do that. But for some reason when I was in New Orleans, the whole time I wanted to be risky. Like I wanted to be in like dangerous situations and there's something about New Orleans that just brings that energy out and I would say that it's a spiritual thing and I think when we aren't aware of the spirit realm around us and we're not aware of the history of things that have happened in the areas that we're in, whether it's a house, right? I mean, you hear, look at these horror movies and these horror stories. There's murders that happen in this house. People buy them and then they end up getting haunted so bad to the point that they have to leave. Um, So I think when you don't pay attention to the spirit realm and you refuse to acknowledge it, it creates a lot of disharmony in your life. Because I firmly believe And you can pull from Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, and this is one of those consistent factors that I say, if all these religions are saying this, there has to be some truth behind it. You can pull from all of those religions the idea of mind, body, soul, peace, or mind, body, soul, tranquility, or Zen, or whatever, whatever verbiage, the verbiage changes depending on the faith. But in reality, most of, most religions bring up the differences of mind, body, and soul in the, in the, in the differences between them. And how even the Bible, right? The Bible speaks of flesh and then it speaks of spirit. Flesh is the representation of the body and the body's consciousness, the vessel. The spirit is obviously your soul. You look into, I believe Hinduism talks about it like more more deeply about mind, body, and soul, consciousness. It's believed that they're literally their own consciousness. And again, do not quote me that it's Hindu. I'm sorry if it's, if it's not. Um, but it's the same idea and the same concept. You're just changing a few of the words. But in reality, all these religions are still preaching the fact that your mind, your, your body and your soul by minimum are separate they have their own wants, they have their own needs, right? And that's where when we have these internal conflicts, we always wonder like where is it coming from or why why do I feel like I'm fighting myself? And we always joke about the angel and the devil on the shoulder, but in reality, it's your mind, it's your body and your mind and your soul fighting. Your body wants earthly things, right? Your body wants Let's go get let's go bingey, right? Let's go get a pizza or let's go get drunk and have a good time tonight, or let's go have sex and whatever. Your body wants that. The soul doesn't want that because the soul knows much more than the body. The body knows, right? And you could argue it's subconscious. You could argue it's 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 the mental conscious that's connected to the body's conscious consciousness, but No matter what, your body knows that it only has a limited amount of time. The body dies. The body is not immortal. The soul, if God allows, which I believe, but again, other religions have different feelings, but nonetheless, they still all believe that the soul is immortal, right? So your body's mortal, soul's immortal. The body's going to want to do all of these things that are harmful to it because it wants to live. Because in reality, it knows it doesn't have much time. Whereas a soul knows, okay, well, once this experience is done, I get to cross over, so I'm gonna be good. So I don't need to live, you know, like like every minute's my last minute on earth. But your body knows it doesn't have that luxury. And I think you see that when people start passing away, when they go through, you know, stages of acceptance, of death. And they'll kind of go up and down, they kind of pass through or they'll go back and and, and everyone's different. But I firmly believe that that is more so the internal battle between your soul saying, I'm good. I'm ready to go. And the body saying, what's going to happen to me? Like, I'm going to die. And you see that people try to hold on or they start, you know, which those are the worst moments when you see someone having like a panic attack when they're about to die. But it's, it's because it's a fight. The soul knows we're okay. The body is terrified because it knows it's going to die. So I firmly, I really do believe, guys, that m- most things can be answered with spirituality if you, if you believe and if, you ex- if, you, if you're willing to accept it, right? Because a lot of people say, well, unless I can prove it 100%, well, how do you prove 100% spirituality? Right? Like there comes a point where you have to start looking at how unlikely is this to be a physical or earthly coincidence? And how more how much more realistic, which is funny because it seems like it, it it's there are polar opposites, but wouldn't this be more realistic if this was a spiritual explanation? Right? And I think a lot of people don't get their questions answered because they're missing the spiritual side of life. And spirituality answers more questions, I'm telling you, spirituality answers more questions than the physical realm will ever explain. It really, really does. And I think all the answers that we're looking for that we don't get while we're here, we will receive when we pass because everything, and I, I do believe happens for a reason. And, and I know that's horrible. And I know people say, you know, they bring up like gruesome explanation, they bring up gruesome moments of life to say, well, if that's the case, like, wouldn't, like that, wouldn't this mean that, you know, your creator or God that you believe in is a horrible person. And it's not, it's not that, right? It's the fact that what would life be if everyone died at 90 years old, right? Um, no problems. everything was just smooth sailing. You learn the biggest lessons in life through the biggest grief. And I'll say that again. You learn the biggest lessons in life through the biggest grief. More the mo- the biggest things and largest lessons I've ever, taken in in my life were through people passing away that were very close to me. They were from um, my DUIs that I had gotten when I was younger. Um, They were through my treatment facility experience. They were through um, sleep paralysis, spiritual experiences that were terrifying. I mean, some of the biggest lessons I learned when when I look at when someone says, well, what moments in life got you to where you're at today. It was never the good ones. I'm serious. I would never pull from the good experiences. I can't give you one good experience that I would say, oh, I learned so much when I, you know, won that game or won that competition or got 100 on this test or got this, you know, got this GPA once I graduated. That wasn't the moments that really showed me what I'm made of, the moments that showed me what I was made of were the moments that I thought I was gonna lose everything or die because of the lifestyle I was living. So I think we have to really give spirituality a chance, whether you think it's completely absurd or not. I just ask that you guys trust me and I know that this is only the second podcast, so there's not trust built at this moment. But I do not lie, and I will tell everything straight up. And I'm serious when I say, if I didn't get into my spirituality when I was 23, really get into it, I've always believed um, to certain extents. But I, when I say I really dived in, it was around 23. And if I didn't, I don't know where I'd be at today. You know, I'm almost four years clean and sober now that'll be in February that I haven't drank in four years and I would not have gotten there if it wasn't for God in my faith I prayed many times and said like God like I don't want to drink anymore like I just and I'm not going to say it was extremely it was not extremely difficult and I know people fight in their sobriety or in their recovery much harder um and I don't know what to attribute that to um You know, I wasn't drinking as much during the day. I wasn't drinking as much days of the week. I would just drink obnoxiously every time I drank. So I think maybe it was because I wasn't drinking as frequently. Um, I think maybe because I only had about eight years built up of drinking instead of people that have like 30 right? 30 is going to be a much harder system to break than eight. So no matter what it is, and I, and I do believe God took the want of drinking from me. I prayed it. And I'm not kidding you guys when I say, when I left that treatment facility, I went to Miami. That was a pl- trip that was booked two weeks later. Went to Miami with friends. I did drink while I was in Miami. And it was such a waste of time. I'm serious. And I've never felt that way. I've never felt that way with drinking. And when I went there and I drank to just see you know, maybe I can reintroduce it. I literally was so turned off by the idea that I, it made the decision very easy when I came back from Miami to not drink anymore. And I attribute, I contribute that all to my faith and to God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit for removing that want and feeling out of my body. Um, but yeah, guys, this is a little bit deeper of a topic today. And again, I did want to keep, I want to keep them around 30 minutes, um, but I'll be flexible. We'll be flexible with the time, but at first at least, I really want to try to keep them to 30 minutes or under. So we are at that time. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, I'll do we'll do video down the road. I just my setup is not ideal yet. So we'll do video down the road. But thank you guys so much. If you have not subscribed, please subscribe to Tyler's Take. Um, and you can go back to our episode yesterday or by the time I post this will probably be a few days. But our last episode, episode one of The Real Housewives of New Jersey, if you are into reality TV. So thank you guys so, so much. And I look forward to the next one. All right. Bye.